right. Um, hello and welcome to Hello Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Giselle Fernandez. I am a voice actor in LA from Atlanta. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, first question is the obvious one: How did you get started? Uh, well, I got started as a kid, actually. Um, growing up in Atlanta, my dad was writing commercials for a living, and so whenever he needed like a kid for a commercial, he'd throw me or my sibling into the booth, and uh, it stuck. I ended up loving it. So, <laughs> um, stayed in Atlanta for a while, did other things for a bit, and then just everything kept coming back to voice acting, and I just sort of realized, you know, this is where I want to be. So, uh, committed to it, moved to LA, and now I'm here. <laughs> and what is it specifically about voiceover that uh, appeals to you? Um, well, I guess uh, not having to worry about how I look. That's a big one. <laughs> um, but still being an actor. Um, I don't know. There's a creativity to voiceover that I really like because I, as a kid, I spent a lot of time in my own head. Um I liked to write. I still like to write. Um, it's like my the thing I'm doing when I'm not voice acting is writing most of the time. And um, I don't know. I've just always had a really vivid imagination. And I really like that in voiceover, you kind of have to like visualize your surroundings. You don't have like the benefits of like a set or um, anything like that. You just kind of have what what's in your own head from what's on the paper. And I, I've always really, really loved that. And who would you say are some of your main inspirations? Uh, oh. <laughs> um, I don't really have... It's funny. It's like, I, I don't know... I mean, I have a lot of voice actors who are definitely inspiring to me. Um, but, like, I didn't... I wasn't one of those people who grew up being, like, you know figuring out every voice, every like actor behind the voice, I was just sort of like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't really think about it till I started doing it. So growing up, actors who were really like inspiring to me were people like Lucille Ball, um, who had this really amazing sense of humor and like really honed sense of physical comedy, uh, which I never get to use <laughs> as a voice actor. But I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of do. The amount of times I have to retake something because I've smacked the wall of my booth <laughs> is uh, uncountable. Because it never occurs to you as as a kid that there are people doing the voices. Right. Yeah. It's not something that I ever really thought about, even though I was doing like commercials and stuff as a kid. I didn't really like click into like, oh, these like animated voices of like the people on avatar the last airbender which i loved as a kid and like all those shows i like i wasn't i wasn't thinking like oh okay that's gray griffin or gray delisle I don't, i'm not sure which name she goes by now but um like and she's also in this other show and she's mandy in the grim adventures and like you could like recognize like once you think about once i like sat down and was like oh that's this actor that makes sense she's all of these roles, now I hear it, but I like as a kid, you never think about it. You never pay attention to it because it's just the characters. Yeah. And, you know, as a kid, you're, you know, your brain doesn't, doesn't uh, put the, put, put two and two together because you're not focused on what these characters sound like. You're focused on the animation and the, right. and the story the... and the, all the stuff that, you no longer pay attention to as an adult because you've become so cynical. <laughs> you you lose that suspension of disbelief a little bit as an adult. Because as a kid, like, you don't know anything, you know? You come into this world not knowing anything. So anything is possible. And that's that's kind of the thing that you're like, oh, well, they're telling, like, this is the story, you know? You don't think about, like, what it takes to make the story. And what do you love and hate about what you do? <laughs> um... Love almost everything. Hate uh, editing. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't. I I don't know. I love. Uh, I just love my job. I just I I love that I get to be all these different characters and and get to meet and work with all these wonderful people and um, be a part of all this cool stuff. And I don't know. I I have a I really love my job. I guess the only thing I would say that I 
hate is a strong word, but something that, you know, the downside to voiceover is it's, it's a freelance gig. So, you know, work is where you can get it. Your full-time job is applying to jobs, you know, it's not like, <laughs> um, like you book one thing and then you're forever just booking everything. You, you got to keep working at it. So that's the hard part, I guess. It's interesting to me after do after doing this show for a couple of years now and realizing that the majority of people I talk to, their job is the auditions. Auditioning oh, yeah. is the job <laughs> because it's Big so time. because it's so rare to not only get a recurring role, it's rare to just get anything nowadays. But with with uh, the world being what it is, and if you can like just get. I think every every actor's dream is to get that one role on like a long running series <laughs> that they can just do for like ever. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it anymore because like I can just do this forever because it doesn't matter because the show just got renewed for like a seventh season. So let's right. go. Right. <laughs> and it's with this big company here. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, that's definitely. Uh, and, and too, like the thing, the other thing about like booking a recurring role is like I've done some. Like live, I've done some live action uh, dubs where I've been the main character and then the show ends, you know, after like three seasons or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Darn, there goes that gig, I guess. <laughs> it's a crapshoot. It really is because you don't know what you're going to get half of the time and you don't know if it's going to last or not. So I think that making the best out of every out of every role is necessary because you don't know if, if you're going to be working in the next couple of years, much less tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what would you, out of all the characters you've done, which one would you say was the toughest? The toughest? Oh, um, well I did, uh, probably hmm, the toughest. Probably when I, uh, it, probably a live action dub I did for Netflix, uh, on a show called, uh, Elite. Um, just because my, the character I was voicing, her character arc, uh, was not one that anyone involved in our side of production knew going in. And it was, um, it was, a sexual assault, um, very serious like um arc like in i guess spoilers for elite sorry uh <laughs> i should have said that up front but um but like the second season that she's in which is season six is a lot about it it, it follows like her trying to take it to trial and not there not being evidence and everybody's flaking out on her and it's really hard for her to find support and the same like it was she was that character was going through a lot <laughs> and it was something that was very very serious and and personal to me that like honestly if if that had been in the dis like character description at the time of the booking or at the time of the audition even coming in, I would not have auditioned for it. Because um, that's, I have a, you know, I think every actor has their rules that they have with their agents of like, hey, I will not do these things. And for me, it's like political ads and like anything advertising, you know, like stuff like that. And then, um, and then, yeah, like um, characters who have been sexually abused is top of, top of the list for me. <laughs> um, just because that's a really, really difficult thing to portray it's it's something that you have to portray like with a lot of sensitivity and also with a lot of self-care because you can't let it if you have those experiences you cannot let it force you to relive those and it it's a really difficult balance it's a really hard thing so yeah uh definitely Isadora from Elite was my heart is my uh hardest role for sure by the way, thank you so much for mentioning that uh, you do live action dubbing because I <laughs> I wouldn't have known look, by looking at your uh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I don't really keep track of my IMDb. I should probably add stuff on there. But I don't think you can um, get credited for live action dubs on IMDb. Maybe they've changed it, but last I checked, I don't think they um, – they, I think they only do animated dubs on there. 
Which is weird, <laughs> considering that a lot of people do live-action dubs, but they just oh, don't get sure. credited. And I, I remember seeing this thing on Twitter where someone announced that they were doing like a live-action dub of a of a series of a of I think it's I think it was like a Spanish telenova on Disney or something. Oh, cool! <laughs> and and it's like, when was this a thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like what? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's actually the majority of my work that I do is live action dubs. It's kind of, I, I, I wound up getting into that market a few years ago and just like kind of have been bouncing from job to job since I've got a couple of really wonderful directors who've just kind of like, whenever we end a project, they pull me onto the next one, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my bread and butter almost is, is live action dubs. And what is the wor best and worst advice you've ever gotten as an actor? Oh, I don't know. There are so many. There's so much. Um, gosh. I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll okay. Best advice. Well, best advice for my voiceover career was the million and a half people who told me to uh, go take a class with this one specific person because without that, I wouldn't have gotten my agent. Um, just through a series of like fluke incidents. Um, but the best, like, acting advice I've gotten, um, yeah, uh, visualize your surroundings, especially for animation. Um, like, have an idea of, like, what your world looks like at any given point in time, because you are alone in a booth, you know? Um, like, to, like, not necessarily to, like, extreme detail, necessarily, but, like, yeah, like, if you were to, like, as your character, look to your left, what do you see? You know, like, what room are you in? What are you doing? And and I think that really helped, um, uh, Dino, Andrade gave me that advice, actually. Um, he's wonderful, wonderful person. Um, it, it was, I think, the best part of that advice, the thing for me that, like, really um, changed was, like, it l allowed me to pay more attention to the script and also feel freer to sort of improvise on my own a little bit and that really helped me like yeah it it opened up the world of voice acting a lot more for me because um yeah you you do need to know what situation your character's in to deliver a good performance like you know if you're not gonna like be shouting if your character's in a library unless the point of them being in the library is them shouting, right? So you, it's just a matter of, like, being able to figure out where all of that, like, the intimacy should be and where, you know, who you're talking to and how far they are from you, that sort of thing. So that was good <laughs> good advice. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, again, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like a lot of people who want to get into cartoon, you know, cartoons um, specifically kind of don't have the best understanding of how of how the acting style works sometimes because because it, it, it's a whole different beast compared to like anime dubbing because you watch anime dubs and everyone gives that anime read that you just don't hear in western animation <laughs> it's it's not just it's not just hey we're, we have to act that way because we're matching lip flaps it's also it's a different style. It's almost a different it sound to what you're doing. Definitely. And something, too, that you have to pay attention to is um, even in the world of animation, the, the, the your approach to acting and the style of it changes depending on just, like, what studio it's coming from, you know? Like, if it's going to be, like, if you're auditioning for something that's, like, uh, more, like, grounded, like, cartoon for you know, targeted towards adults, it's going to be a very different performance th than the stuff I do for Barbie, you know, like it, like Barbie's not, the stuff I do for Barbie isn't like super like crazy wild and like super broad, but there is that like animated aspect to it of like heightened emotions and elevated deliveries because it's a cartoon that's targeted for kids. And also you know, it varies from different company to company. Like if you mm -hmm. watch a Disney show, they have their own specific way of acting. 
And mm-hmm. then if you watch like a Nickelodeon show, they have their own specific way of acting. <laughs> and it's like, man, props to the actors and actresses who can like switch between these styles on a daily basis because I I, I don't know how I could manage doing something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you get used to it. And if you don't really know what the style of a show is and it's an already existing show, the upside to uh, the world nowadays is you can just Google it or look up on YouTube a supercut of some fan who put together, like, all of such and such's voice lines from this show. And you're like, oh, that's that's the delivery for whatever, Paw Patrol or whatever. Okay, cool. And then you can kind of, like, figure out where the character you're auditioning for sits in that. So that's cool, too. Um. And something that I don't think fans fully realize, too, is, like, sometimes casting directors will find those, like, supercuts on on YouTube and send them with the casting materials for reference, which is cool. (laughs) So my my YouTube history is is all messed up. (laughs) I had no idea they did that. Uh, Because I know I have a friend who said that he would get references for like specific things and it would be like Kratos from God of War or whatever. But I had <laughs> yeah. like no idea that they actually sent him like a super cut of like all of Kratos's lines from God sometimes, of War. <laughs> sometimes they do that, you know? Um, or like we'll link the like fan wiki page if it has like sound bites and stuff on it, which is cool. So, yeah. Oh, Fans they... <laughs> do a lot of work for production. <laughs> oh, we're 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 um sending them fan wiki pages now. What is this? <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a couple. That's that's crazy to me. Like somewhere, like there's a casting director like looking at all these fan wikis and being like, "Yeah, that's the read we're going for." <laughs> Well, no, because fan wikis, too, will, like, put together, like, things from the actual show or game or whatever, and they'll have, like, this is this, like, if it's a video game, here's this hero, and this is what this skin sound bites sound like, and then, like, you know, from the actual game. Um, so, you know, people who are putting together references for someone who's new to this world of this game will find that and be like, ooh, perfect. This is all archived all in one place. We'll just send that along. Yeah, it's much easier than like trying to look for the sound bites yourself because that mm. is ooh, <laughs> that is that is hard. It's the kind of dedication only a fan has, really. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I remember like, God, what was it like? back in 2016 when I was like hardcore into Overwatch and I wanted like to know mm. everything about Overwatch <laughs> that I would just look up the voice lines on YouTube just to listen to the actors performances. Oh, that's I was cool. just so enamored with that game at the time. <laughs> it's it was, a cool game. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so funny, but, but I, but again, like I had no idea that, um, companies did that i had no idea that they actually used that material for auditions so that's pretty cool yeah pretty sure so you know you mentioned barbie and you know looking at your imdb you've done like a lot of projects for that brand mm-hmm. how did that come about uh oh how did that come about um i booked two barbie things separately kind of uh around the same area of time so 2020 right before the pandemic hit um i had just done a different thing for mattel um for american girl uh it was the girl of the girl of the year for 2020 uh i was i played a bunch of uh side characters in that series And so I think Mattel already kind of knew my name because of that. And then um, uh, the animation company that they were working with really liked me. And they ended up working with that animation company again for a different Barbie series that I uh, I auditioned for. But um, it was the same. It was just like it was all the same people involved. So I'm fairly certain there was some, uh, (laughs) oh, we know that person type. casting in there but um yeah I booked uh just a couple of um like 
smaller characters in the Barbie universe who like crop up every now and again. And then I do some voice matching for a couple of regular characters in Barbie um, when they're for like when their actors can't um, can't like aren't available to record or like can't do it because of contract reasons. Then I get um, put in as uh, a couple of those characters. So it was like I booked a couple voice matches at the same time right after doing an American Girl thing for Mattel. And then I booked the Barbie movie that's up on Netflix, uh, the animated one uh, <laughs> uh, that, that recently came out on Netflix. And then from there, they've had a couple like spinoff shows and my character pops up every now and again. So, yeah, that's that's Barbie. <laughs> Uh, but they're a pretty regular um, client, and I, I really do enjoy working with them. So, uh, yeah. Because I was looking at your, again, I was looking at your IMDb, and I'm like, why are they doing so much Barbie shit? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, personally. I <laughs> I mean, you know, I grew up with Barbies. Um, more more so than that, I, I definitely, Ameri- the American Girl stuff that I've done is is like the stuff that I'm like that's very near and dear to my heart because American Girl was such a big part of my childhood growing up and now that Mattel owns the property I've like gotten to be able to like voice the newest historical doll which is wild to me and uh and yeah and just to be in Barbie stuff too is is really cool because I've got some friends with kids and they love it so (laughs) that's really fun does it feel weird hearing yourself in all these in all this in all these things or are you used to it? Bold of you to assume that I watch any of it. Uh <laughs> Uh no, I I actually I don't think I've watched any of the Barbie things I'm in. Is that bad to admit? I just I I've seen I watched the American Girl movie that I was in because I was like that was like a big moment for me, but I did not enjoy watching it just because it's weird to hear my voice. <laughs> it's weird to hear my voice, but the animation on it was so cool. I, I managed to stick all the way through because it was stop motion animated um, and really well done stop motion animated. So that was fun. So you're one of the people who's like, I can't listen to myself. I I, I can't. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I like it's because when you're watching yourself back, you're critiquing your own performance, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I can watch, every now and again, I can watch something that I'm in, but I, I don't usually, I don't usually. No, it's very rare to have a voice actor watch their own stuff because, cause, you know, like you said, you're constantly critiquing critiquing yourself and you're constantly thinking like man i could have done that better if i yeah. if i had known <laughs> there was something that i watched that i was in uh recently because it was a friend of mine was also and it was a live action dub that we did for disney uh and my uh really good friend uh kevin andrew rivera uh who's a wonderful voice actor um was in it playing my like rival slash new stepbrother and we were the two main characters and we were like i mean this is the first time we've booked, like we've we've st- done booked projects together but this was the first time where it's like we were directly interacting and we were like we gotta watch this together so we watched that together and that was really fun um because we weren't i mean we weren't like watching it you know like sitting down with a bowl of popcorn and going all right like how could we have done better we were just kind of like you know goofing around at his place and had it on in the background being like oh it's the scene you know <laughs> like where i yell at you about bagel bites or whatever it is <laughs> um so you know if, it, if it's something that like a friend of mine is like also a part of and i get to enjoy it with them then i can actually enjoy it i think oh that's me whenever one of my friends books something i'm like i gotta hunt this down and listen to yeah it. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my goodness i was talking to my friends recently and uh uh a lot of my friends are, are big anime friend fans. I, I mean, I was, I am too. So, uh, but <laughs> a friend of mine I was talking to about, um, there's a, a new anime that came out on Hulu called Summertime Rendering that I'm in that I was actually really stoked for when it came out. Um, and 
uh, I was telling my friends about that, and my friend, my friend uh, went, "Oh my god! Finally, something you're in that I'll enjoy watching." Because <laughs> bless his heart, he he like he would like go and hunt down all of these like live action dubs that I'm in, and he doesn't like live action dubs, and a lot of them are like. I book a lot of teenagers, so a lot of the dubs that I'm in are, like, high school soap drama, you know, and it's just, like, so not his forte, and it's just, like, it was very sweet of him to, like, (laughs) suffer through three seasons of this high school soap drama or whatever it was that he was watching, and he's finally like, good, I can watch you and enjoy something now, (laughs) Um, which I thought was hilarious, Um, but yeah. Speaking of anime, how did you take to the dubbing process? Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, like I said, I do a lot of, I do a lot of dubbing. Um, that's, that's like the majority of my work. Uh, so dubbing for anime wasn't all that different from dubbing for live action, except one, you have to keep in mind the anime, like the style of acting that you are doing for anime. But then also, um, the nice thing about it is all you got to do is match flap. Um, it, with live action dubbing, you you kind of have to worry about mouth shape and like body language and the original performance and all that stuff. And anime, like you still have to keep like obviously like performance and you know body language and stuff in mind. But there's a lot fewer subtleties that you have to like mentally take note of throughout a scene. Uh, and yeah, not having to match mouth shape is, <laughs> is, uh, is a lot easier <laughs> for me anyway. I don't know. Again, it's totally different. It's, it's a totally different beast, you know, comparing the two because sure. wh- wh- on one hand, you're just going to worry about uh, the mouth flaps and on the other, you're kind of like, oh, I have to like, cre- I have to like make note of every subtle body mo- movement and making sure that <laughs> that the you know, that it yeah. sounds like it's coming out from this person and not you know not uh <laughs> not those old Godzilla movies where the mouth yeah. where the mouth flaps didn't match at all <laughs> not even remotely yeah <laughs> but um but the other side to that is like you know i feel a lot freer doing live action dubs because i I know at the end of it, you know, I'm the one who's going to critique my performance the most. Anime fans, however, <laughs> uh, you know, they're very, there are a lot of them and they are very vocal. And, uh, you know, if if somebody doesn't like something, they're going to tell you. And, uh, and that's uh, honestly terrifying. <laughs> Just just ever so slightly. I'm very intimidated by the audience whenever I'm doing, like, an anime or a video game. Uh, I'm like, I have to do this exactly right. <laughs> uh, just so I can say that I did everything that I could. Not that I don't put 100% in for the rest of them, but for the rest, like, for live-action dubbing, I go in and I'm, like, comfortable in my own skin and I don't have to think about anything because I'm just, it's so rote at this point. Like, I do it a lot. And then I don't do as much anime dubbing, so it's a little it's a little more nerve wracking for me. <laughs> Honestly, I've I'm at that point where I, I believe that no matter what you do, like someone's gonna complain about it online. It's it's just how it is now. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> some people just like to complain. But you know, I, I do wanna make sure like people are gonna be happy with what they're watching in general, you know, like I don't want to give a crappy performance. And then also I don't want to give a crappy performance because I want to get rehired, you know, and I, and I, you know, I want to be able to do what I do and I, and I do love doing what I do well. Um, yeah. Uh, so how did you get involved in cookie run? Cookie run. Oh my gosh. Amber. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just straight up auditioned for that one. Um, I think when, because I was one of the original cookies, um, so when they were first sending out auditions for it, it was very, like, hush-hush, codenamed. I did not know the character I was auditioning for was a cookie. It was described as, like, a forest spirit fairy thing. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, Amber, Amber Lee Connors was directing on that, and she was awesome to work with. Uh, she, 
uh, yeah, I, I gave like a couple of takes for my audition because they weren't sure of like, we don't know what accent we're going with. We're going to do a British, maybe throw in an Irish or a Scottish in there. And so I think my original audition was like, I did a British one and then I did a Scottish one. And then when I booked it, I went, oh no, which one do they want? <laughs> And I didn't find out till I got there day of. And I was like, what do you want? And Amber was like, mm, I don't know. Let's play with it. Uh, and we landed on the, 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 Scottish, the Scottish accent for the little fig cookie. And uh, it was really fun. That was, that was a good game <laughs> to work on. I've never played it. I, I downloaded it, but I haven't played it. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun, but it's very addicting. Yeah, gotcha games. I got sucked into one that I that I'm in, uh, and it's it's like, all right, I know I have the ability to become addicted to these. I'm just going to stick to this one. <laughs> I don't need to be losing more money than I'm making. Yeah, I know. You know, you you just say you're you you just say to yourself, I'll spend a little money on this, and then you look at your bill, and it's like, <laughs> how did I spend two hundred already? Yeah, like I guess if you add three up that many times, it does really make a difference, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I wouldn't be spending money if if the game was more generous with its in-game currency. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> uh, ain't that just the way, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I love Genshin, but man, yeah. I, I I hate grinding for for those um, in-game currencies to make the wishes. I'm just like, uh... <laughs> see, that's one that I'm glad I never hopped onto that bandwagon because I've you know my my friend Kieran voices Heizu and like when they started playing that the uh, Genshin Impact, I like I watched like them twitch stream it a little bit and then like talking to them privately about like everything that like basically you need to spend money on the game if you're gonna get ahead in the game or really dedicate time to it and i was like yeah no <laughs> and then turned around and and downloaded this other gotcha game and sinking all my time into that <laughs> oh well yeah and and that's why like i remember i don't i remember who it was exactly but we, I had them on and they told me like they spent money on cookie run and I'm like, dude, don't do that. That's how they get you. <laughs> that is how they get you. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. For know, my, yeah. And I know another voice actor downloaded cookie run just to see their character, but they ended up spending like a hundred dollars and their roommate was like, Nope, delete this immediately. And like, <laughs> but I didn't get to my character. And but wait, like, <laughs> yeah. I haven't pulled me yet. That's what I did with um this this the gotcha game that I'm so heavily addicted to. Uh it's called Memento Mori, and I downloaded it because I was like, ooh, I could really use some of these voice lines for my video game reel. So I downloaded it and I was like, I'm just going to play until I get my character. And then by the time I got my character, I was too deep in. It was too late. It was, <laughs> I was fully like adding this game to my like monthly budget. Like <laughs> it's <was> bad. <laughs> but yeah. So that's the problem with these games is that you, you think that, you're just going to play for a while, but then it's like it's been three hours and you don't feel like you've made any progress whatsoever. <laughs> and then suddenly it's been six months, you've spent too much money on it, and you're in one of the top guilds. And you got to you gotta keep going back because Guild War needs you, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's fully <laughs> it's fully addictive. <laughs> You know, going back to Cookie Run real quick, mm. when it came to the accent, was that hard to slip in and in and out of? <laughs> I have a friend from Glasgow, and uh, the accent that I do is just sort of me doing her accent. Um, the issue was, and I told Amber this, when we settled on a Scottish accent in the session, I was like, okay... I can do this fine, but um, for for accents and stuff, uh, something that a lot of actors do that I do um, that's really helpful is they have a key phrase that gets them into the accent. So, like, if you ever feel like you start to lose it, you just say the key phrase, and it's like, um, for a lot of people I know, for Scottish, it's like, 
Um, she was the prettiest girl in the world because it's got that like the R's in there and that's like an easy way to get back into that vocal posture. That was not my key phrase. My key phrase, I'm not going to say on your podcast because it is basically a string of expletives. <laughs> um, and it was just... Uh, so I warned Amber, I was like, my the, the phrase I need to say to get back into this accent is this. And I told her what it was and she just laughed and she was like, all right, cool. And we went through it. And it was, um, it was, it was so ridiculous at times because I was saying the cutest lines and doing these cute little doop doo doo. And then in between takes every now and again, just cussing my, <laughs> my brains out <laughs> to get back into the vocal posture. Um, but that's, that's my friend's fault. That's my friend. Like it was just it's just like one thing that I heard her say one time, and I was like, "Oh, that's one hundred percent how I'm getting into this accent from now on," and that just stuck. So I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on your podcast. Oh no, you can say whatever you want. Oh okay. Um, do you want to hear the phrase? It's it's not the nicest thing to say. I mean, I got it now. Sneezing <laughs> as you built it up, and <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. The, the phrase I used for this adorable little cookie uh, was, um, well, you're a fucking pussy, aren't you? Uh, and it's like, yeah, it was just like such a ridiculous thing being like, the forest breeze, hi, hi. And then immediately going, well, you're a fucking pussy, aren't you? Like, oh, dear. <laughs> uh, but we got through the session. I think it made Amber laugh a couple of times. So at least that's a plus. <laughs> No, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember having a Scottish actress on back in like, you know, two years ago. And I, I mentioned how funny it is that, you know, Sc Scottish and um, Irish dialects just like throw in swear words and, and they act like they're just, <laughs> they're just like, just, just like regular words. Like I love yeah. the fact, I love the fact that in Ireland, you know, the C word is just a regular word. It's not oh, this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ireland and Australia too. They, they throw that word around a lot. Like it's nothing. <laughs> Cause I used to listen to this like podcast where all the hosts were Irish and they would throw that word around and I just got used to it. It's like, what do you mean? This isn't normal. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean somebody's actually offended? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but but it's it's so interesting you mentioned that because I know a lot of actors struggle when it comes to going in and out of dialects because like you you have to stay in within that dialect for for like a 4-hour session and sometimes mm. they they can't do that. Sometimes it's slip. It's split. It's uh, ah. It uh, it uh, <laughs> you know. You go back to you know you, you know you're doing like a, what do you call it? Like a Scottish accent, and then you you know you go back to American or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's hard because like the way you've been speaking your whole life is the way your muscles are trained to move. Um, so, you know, doing another accent, even if you're like really well versed in that accent, it's still not the accent you use in your daily life. You're not practicing it all the time like you are your normal accent. So it's it your muscles are going to get tired and fatigued after a period of time and you're going to need to like do something to like remember, make them remember where they're supposed to be, you know? <laughs> Um, there's, there is a certain matter of literally, like literally just athleticism to that, of just, of just muscle control and, and being aware of what's, what's tiring out. Also, you got to make sure it doesn't sound too cartoony or stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That's a, that's a big one, especially with accents for foreign languages, which for me, I don't usually, generally I'll pass on auditions if it's like, this involves a. French accent or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I don't speak that language. There are going to be a lot of subtleties that I'm going to miss and I'm just going to do a stereotype of it probably. And I, I don't want to, you're, you don't want me doing this. I don't want me doing this, you know, <laughs> but, um, usually, yeah, if I do generally, if I do accents, it's like some form of Hispanic accent. Cause I'm Hispanic and I, I speak Spanish. And so that's one that I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable learning how to do that. Like, 
from different countries, even though I like I'm not from Argentina, I can still like hear and mimic a, an Argentinian accent, like same as like me in my American doing like uh like you know Scottish accent. It's it's like it's from a different country, but it's the same language, so I do understand the subtleties of it. Oh, you must have got gotten a lot of. Can you make it sound more Latin? <laughs> Directions. Oh, buddy, have I ever? <laughs> I had a, oh my god, my friend, uh, my friend and I got, we're both Hispanic and we both got this audition the other day. I'm not gonna say anything about what it is, but one of the directions was laugh in Spanish. <laughs> and we were like, what, what does that mean? What do you want us to do? Ha ha ha. Like, what? Like, <laughs> uh, it was just the goofiest direction. We were like, okay, well, for us, I guess that just means laugh. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> because I, I I get what they're trying to do, but at the same time, right. it's like... <laughs> and honestly, if we've been doing the whole copy in Spanish or Spanglish up to that point, you don't need to put laughs in Spanish. Just say laughs and we'll get with the program. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's not going to be, I'm not going to like suddenly come out of character to laugh. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, like fake laughter already sounds weird enough as it is. So I don't, I don't feel, I don't know what you're trying to, <laughs> to imply by, you know. <laughs> right, right. And I also wanted to ask, like, out of all the stuff you've worked on, which direction was the weirdest? Which direction was the weirdest? Oh, Hmm. I mean, I've had some bad directors. I'll say that. I've had some really wonderful directors. Most of the directors I work with are great. Uh, but some of the directors I have worked with in the past, I do not work with anymore. Uh, I will not work with anymore uh, because of the the way they comport themselves in session. So, like, I've had some bad directors give me bad, like, direction. Um, weird... I don't fully know. I guess, so, sometimes you find a director that you really click with, and, like, it becomes this, like, secondary language when they're trying to communicate with you. Like, um, I think sometimes for me, uh, the, um, there's a director named Wendy Lee, uh, who's also an actress. She's wonderful. I love her so much. Uh, and I've worked on a couple of projects with her. And the first project I ever worked on with her, I was like sort of one of the main characters of the the, the show, um, which is on Disney Plus now, um, the Knights of Castle Corvo. And because I got to work with her for so long, it got to a point where the next project we were on together, um, which is also out it's that that it's on netflix it's for lachimus theme park adventure uh but that project that like it got to the point where like she would just sort of she would go okay make it meh or like just do like a noise and i'd be like got it exactly and then like we i would do it and she was like that's exactly what i meant thank you and like uh it got to a point where it's like we don't really need to communicate directly all that much sometimes sometimes she just goes do another one, do it better. <laughs> you know what to do, you know? And I'll be like, yeah, I do know what to do and just redirect. Cause we have a lot of, she and I, I think sometimes have a very similar like way of viewing things. So sometimes when you find that director who you just really vibe with, you, like the direction from an outsider's point of view sounds completely screwed. And like, you're like, what, what does that even mean? Just do it again. What? Do you want me to, like, if it was any other director, I'd be like, do you want me to do it differently? What do you want me to do? But with her, it's like I automatically know what she's asking for. So, um, a lot of the time. So, so it's like, it's like a different, like, sort of level of communication. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes you find directors you really drive with. Um, and, uh, and yeah, to another person's point of view, like, saying, make it sound like it's inside of a toaster you would be like, what does that even mean? But that, but the person's like, oh, immediately, I know what that is. <laughs> I know exactly what you want me to do. Now, it's funny you mentioned Wendy Lee because uh, I just realized, oh, yeah, an entire generation of, of people 
don't know who Wendy Lee is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she, like she was in so much of the anime I consumed as a kid. Like, um, she, Faye Valentine and Cowboy Bebop, Haruhi and the Melancholy of Haruhi's Mia. Uh, you know all those ones that I really, really loved. But again, when I was younger. I wasn't paying attention to who was the voice of what. It wasn't until after I met her that I was like, oh, you were the voice of all of these characters from my childhood. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just makes me feel old. It's like, oh, yeah, I oh. remember those days. Ah, <laughs> uh, Digimon, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um... I think I've rambled on long enough about about that. <laughs> uh, bef- before we wrap this up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me, I'm not super online, uh, but if you want to check out my website, it is gzfern.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is uh, gzfernvo. Um, I guess technically I'm on Instagram I, I, I'm not really on Instagram. Don't follow me on Instagram. Um, (laughs) uh, and then what was the second part of that question? Oh, what am I working on? What am I working on? What am I allowed to talk about? Mm, (laughs) I don't think there's anything that I'm working on currently that I can talk about. Um, I can talk about, nope, that's not out yet. Nope. I don't know. Uh, check out Cookie Run Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) don't worry um yeah there's not really anything i can think of off the top of my head that i'm working out on that i can plug just stuff that's already come out (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's that is half this podcast where it's like (laughs) what are you working on i can't tell you some cool stuff (laughs) keep uh keep an eye out for cool stuff like that's the vaguest thing you could say Greg, congrats on not breaking nda you know <laughs> and then you know months later passes and then you know this big project is announced and i just know, I know. someone is gonna like hunt down this interview whenever like a big project is announced <laughs> and they're gonna be like why didn't you talk about big project that just got announced because i don't i didn't know about it <laughs> okay I didn't want to get kicked off of big project that just got announced and hedged my bets. <laughs> and, uh, it, well, seeing as you can't talk about anything you're <laughs> currently working on, what what are you currently playing or watching or, you know, do you keep up with media at all? <laughs> I am a hermit and I live in the woods. Um, no, I, uh, currently, well, currently playing Memento Mori, uh, it's a gotcha game. Don't play it. It'll get you. Uh, <laughs> or do, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in it. My character's uh, like cute little anime girl. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just... <laughs> I'm very boring. I just finished watching the season of Bake Off Professionals that came out on Netflix, so that was cool. Uh... <laughs> uh most of the media I consume is is either anime or baking shows. <laughs> I really like baking shows. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm never going to be on one, but <laughs> it's fun. Hey, it's great background noise, if anything else. Yeah, I like... I'm one of those weird people who enjoys cleaning. So, like, whenever I'm, like, cleaning the house, I'll, like, have a baking show or like some cooking competition show going on in the background while I'm cleaning. And it's like, it's nice. I can tune in and out and never have to like be like, Oh no, I missed it. Oh, well I am. Hang on. Wait, there is something that I am working on that I am currently a part of that I can talk about. And there's something that I'm watching that I can talk about. Um, I'm currently in a group of uh, people uh, who are streaming a, uh, some actual play stuff. For a tabletop RPG called Tormenta 20, it's a Brazilian uh, Portuguese um, TTRPG, and its compendium in English is going to be coming out soon. So, uh, Only Ones TV on Twitch 
we stream every other Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and we're doing, uh, yeah, we're doing actual play ahead of the English Compendium coming out uh, for Tormenta 20 for, like, we're playing in the world. We're playing through, like, the system. So that's really cool. Check that out if you're into actual play stuff and you want to learn a new rules system if you're one of those nerds. Uh, and yeah, so like one of the things that I've been watching that I've been keeping up with is, um, Never After, which is an actual play. Um, uh, it's the horror season, the horror season, the horror fairy tale season of, uh, Dimension 20 on Dropout, which is really, really good. Highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I came it. I came with something. <laughs> No, no, thank you for highlighting um, an RPG that's not the the one that everyone plays that I cannot mention for legal reasons. Oh, okay. Good to know. Because <laughs> the company uh, got greedy and yeah. yeah that's good. But... <laughs> so basically yeah. what I'm saying is play Pathfinder. It is a great game. <laughs> it is a great game. I played a lot of Path in, in college. I do, I'll say this, Tormenta 20 has got some really cool rules systems, uh, if you want to check it out. Like, their their rules for healing are very different than the mainstream one that apparently we can't say the name of. And, uh, <laughs> and um, their uh, uh, magic system is a little different. The rules for their magic casting is it's i don't know i i really like i've adopted i'm i'm a dm uh as well in my in my real life i've got a like group that i dm for and i've adopted a couple of rules from tormenta 20 um that i that i like that i've just like pick and chose <laughs> uh that I, I really think make the game more fun so also before we wrap this up i just want to mention you are the second cookie run voice actor i've had on who is a dm so really who else <laughs> Uh, Valeria Rodriguez is uh, oh. him. So well, that's neat. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we came full circle. There we go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye.